Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Hello, everyone. It is August 1st. 2016, and you are listening to Locked On Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I am the editor of OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and man, I cannot believe it is August already. Friday, the Olympics start, and and we're going to have complete coverage of Mario Hazonia at the Olympics, uh, watching all the Croatian games, getting a good sense of where Mario's at, although uh, I'll talk a little bit later in the week about expectations for Mario Hazonia, uh, which are frankly not very high because of the way Croatia uses him, but we'll get into that later in the week. Uh, we'll also have a lot uh, to say about the USA basketball as they make th- make their moves, and of course the schedule is due any day now. It could be any time this week. I would suspect that they'll, they'll come out with an NBA schedule sometime later in the week. So when that happens, we will be all over it as well on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Until then, we're going to be chugging along on today's show. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, where the Magic's rebuild is at. And the big question that I asked the last week was, is the rebuild over? Uh, And certainly I'll make an argument that it is. Uh, I'm also going to talk a little bit about uh, the improvements Alfred Payton needs to make. A great article up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com this morning by Zach Palmer, uh, arguing that the most important thing Alfred Payton has to improve is not his shooting. Have a little bit more on that in a little bit. Sorry, my voice is hoarse, and I'm going to explain why uh, in our opening segment here. As we've got to talk a little bit about some of the other sports going on in Orlando. Uh, it was a busy weekend in Orlando sports, and I, you know, as as some of you may know, I did start a a second site, a sister site to Orlando Magic Daily called Orlando Sports Daily. The idea was to cover. The other teams in Orlando with some of the same uh, intensity, or if not the same intensity, at least the same focus that uh, I cover the Magic with, and it was it was a great experience. There are really some fantastic teams in the Orlando area that that we want to keep tabs on, and when they do something big or when something big happens. Uh, I do want to note it and, and, and find a space to to discuss what's going on in, in the city beautiful in this great city of ours. Uh, and, but unfortunately, I do have to talk about some bad news first. Uh, on Saturday, the Orlando Predators fell to the Philadelphia Soul uh, in, a, in a really difficult defeat uh, that cost them home field advantage. Yes, the, the Orlando has a team that was fighting for home field advantage and to host the Arena Bowl. The Orlando Predators will take on the Jacksonville Sharks as the two-seed in the in the playoffs on Saturday at the Amway Center. That's a 7 o'clock kickoff. And, you know, the Predators game, it was a... It was a tough game. It was a tough pill to swallow. The Soul won 67-59. Orlando had an opportunity to tie the game with a point after, with a point after, with an extra point. Uh, and Mark Lewis, who's been about as sure of foot as there as there could be uh, in the lineup in in the Arena Football League. Excuse me, my voice is hoarse today. Um, about as as sure as a thing as there is on extra points. You know, missed a field goal. It was a game that Philadelphia actually missed three three extra points as well. And then, 
you know, you give up a touchdown quick to get the ball back. Orlando got the ball back, uh, turned it over on downs. Uh, just, a, just a difficult time for Bernard Morris there. Uh, really one of the few times uh, since he took over for Randy Hibbert that he's uh, looked looked uh, a little bit off kilter. And so the Soul end up taking the number one seed and uh, sending the Predators to their, I think it's third defeat of the year. None of that matters now. Of course, uh, they'll, the Predators will have to find their way and get to the Arena Bowl. Um, they've got obviously got a lot of redemption going on. <clears throat> All right, excuse me. Yeah, my voice is just weird today. Um, so the Predators will not have home field in the Arena Bowl. They'll play one home playoff at least. It'll be this Saturday against the Jacksonville Sharks. Uh, that's a team that they have a lot to a bit of a grudge against uh, the Sharks eliminated them from the playoffs last year after they won their division. Uh, so this is a huge opportunity for them to to get some revenge, as well as uh, advanced for a second shot at the Soul. And now the Soul have a weird arena situation. So uh, you know they that you know you never know what can happen. It's arena. It's minor league sports. But um, Predators have had a great season. Uh, been a really really fun team to watch. They they're, they're Offense is really fun. Bernard Tompkins is just a lightning lightning rod. You give him, you know, even in a fifty yard game like like arena football, he's he's a really dynamic player, really fun to watch. Larry Brackens is just solid. Uh, Varmasoni, uh, Kent Richardson, really great defense, really great cornerbacks on on the other side. It's not a defensive league, but they they play some really strong defense, and uh, you know, definitely uh, check out the Predators. Uh, if if you can this Saturday uh, at the Amway Center should be should be a fun time. Obviously, the playoffs in the jungle will be big. Uh, the other thing I want to get to on the Orlando sports front is the debut of Jason Christ. Christ, I don't know exactly how to pronounce his name. The new Orlando City soccer coach. The Lions played about as well as they've played all year uh, in defeating the New England Revolution on. Sunday, three to one, looked really, really bad in the first half, and then they just came out of the second half like a cannon. They tied the game at one on a really nice goal by Kyle Laren in the 46th minute, I believe, uh, and then picked up two more goals from Kevin Molino, and that's probably why my voice is hoarse because I was at the game. Um, so. A really strong effort, really strong game from Orlando City. Again, I think it was probably the best game that they've played, at least since the Portland Timber Portland Timbers game. Uh, at least the best game I've seen them play all year. I wasn't at that Timbers game when they won four one. So, really, really solid performance. It gets them back into the playoff. You know, a back above the red line or at the red line, tied with New England on points. Um, a good start for 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 Christ, and and hopefully that uh, inspires some confidence in them because we want to see all our Orlando teams do well. And, uh, you know, uh, we want to see them all do well. And, and, and it's been a good summer for, for a lot of Orlando sports teams um, that are playing right now. Obviously, uh, Orlando City's still got some work to do to, to make sure they stay in the playoffs. Uh, and also, it's, it's good to see that the, the Predators are doing so well. Um, if you haven't been watching, the Orlando Solar Bears have also been after some veterans. I think they've had a really good summer. Brought back, brought back a lot of good guys uh, on the ice that, that were fun to watch last year. Uh, Eric Beyer, uh, Patrick Watling. Uh, who else did they bring back? Uh, who else did? 
you know, uh, they 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 brought some they brought some good guys back, and and I think that they'll have a good season. I think they'll bounce back and and hopefully make the playoffs last uh, like they did uh, like they did a few years ago. Um, been it was a bit of a struggle for them this year with with all the changes going on with their parent club in Toronto. So, just a quick update on the teams around Orlando. Good to see them all doing well, and uh, we'll we'll update them periodically. Now on though to our big question of the day. And that is, is the Magic's rebuild over? And I think most people would probably say that this answer is pretty self-evident. That the Magic have pushed in for the playoffs and they're not in the business of rebuilding anymore or they're in the business of moving forward and you know to some extent that seems to be the natural progression of things that you know you you do this thing where you lose to to gain assets you you build those assets up you develop your core uh, and then you move forward and you slowly move forward and you go from 35 you're at 35 wins now it's time to take that next step up and so in that sense, yes, the rebuild is over. Um, the, the progress is made, and this team needs to take that next step up or you know, needs to carefully reevaluate their plans. But if you look at the way the magic if you look at the way the magic developed this summer, look at the way that they built, look at the way that they spent, look at the way that they uh, traded away core guys. It's clear that the Magic, while still keeping some flexibility, and I think they did keep some flexibility, they also decided they're done waiting. You know, a big, a big thing that the Magic... You know, the big thing with the Magic was that they were trying to make the slow rebuild to build a sustainable winner. And it's, to me, what, what, what I'm hesitant about with, with what they've done this summer is, have they really done that? Have they really established their core? I mean, let's, let's think about this here. The guys that they drafted now are Aaron Gordon, Alfred Payton, and Mario Azonia. Nikola Vucevic, you can probably throw in there too, as a, as a core member, and I'm not sold on that either. The question that you have to ask is: A, are those guys ready to win a championship? Are those guys ready to compete for a playoff spot? They may be ready. Are they capable? And we've had evidence the last three years to say that no, they're not. So. I mean, I guess, you know, you don't want to ever be in a perpetual rebuild. You don't want to be Sacramento and you don't want to be Minnesota. No offense to those teams, but they've been out of the playoffs for a decade. You don't want to be that team, but you also don't want to be the team that's stuck in the middle. You don't want to be the team like the Magic were in the early 2000s where they could get to the first round, but do nothing else, where they had the star 
but couldn't build around him successfully, couldn't build a team that could work, work around him. You don't want to be the team that, you know, has nowhere to go. And maybe the Magic saw that with the young group that they had and decided it was time to cash in a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with change. The Magic needed to make a change. It was very clear they needed to make a change. The group that they had wasn't taking another step up or or wasn't going at the pace that they wanted. Again, I talk a lot about artificial deadlines. You You look at the team that improved from 25 to 35 wins, it is a fair question to sit and look at that team and say, is this team going to get any better? How can we get better? Can we bring back the same core and be successful? Clearly, the Magic answered that question, no. Whether, whether they could or not, I think, is, is still a matter for debate. So, what are the characteristics of a rebuild? A rebuild, to me, is a team that's uncertain of its core, still unable to attract free agents, still unable to uh, clearly define what it is as a group, as a unit, as, as what, are, what clearly define what the expectations are. And maybe perhaps a rebuild is also where, as a team where the results don't matter and development does. So with, with those parameters, the Magic's rebuild is very clearly over. The team may not have the most solid core to move forward, but they clearly care more about results over progress. I mean, to a certain extent, they did last year by hiring Scott Skiles. And I, th- I not that they were satisfied with last season, though I think, though, the front office, the results from last season weren't super worrisome. I mean, there was definitely some worry. There was definitely some, some red flags raised, and that was important to learn. But it wasn't necessarily, um, you know, ringing alarm bells in, in the Amway Center. To me, the rebuild is over because the season has taken on a playoffs or bust mentality. The rebuild is over to me because this team is no longer worrying so much about development. It's what can you give me now? It might be why the Magic were done waiting on Victor Oladipo to take his star turn. They win with the consistency of Evan Fournier. It's why they double down on defense to ensure that they had that skill locked down. It's why we're asking questions about Nikola Vucevic and not saying, well, let's see how he works with Serge Ibaka. I mean, a lot of fans that I've talked to have told me four years is long enough. It's time for this team to take a step forward and really go for the playoffs. But as I always caution when you when you set those artificial deadlines, that's how you make bad deals. That's where mistakes get made. You look at the Tobias Harris trade as a perfect example. A lot of people kind of agree the Magic didn't get a lot for Tobias Harris. And they didn't. They got nothing. They, and that was the plan. They wanted to free up the cap space. Essentially, they signed, Essentially, was Bismack Biombo 
for Tobias Harris, Arsano Yasova, and uh, Brandon Jennings. Essentially, it was Bismack Biombo for Tobias Harris because Yasova and Jennings are gone. You make that trade because you feel the pressure to win and see free agency as your mode to get as to, to accomplish that. You make that trade, you know, and the Magic admitted this, you make that trade to change things up to try and save a season that probably wasn't going to be saved. As I noted, uh, this was a good season by some measures, but really kind of a forgettable one. It was somewhere in the somewhere in the late teens, early 20s, as far as Magic history. Maybe the second best 30-win non-lockout season team in Magic history, which... You know, isn't saying a lot. Like if you're if you're tiering Magic teams, you got the, the the top the top teams. We can all agree on the top four. You got your playoff teams, and then you've got that next tier of just outside the playoffs. Uh, Thirty win teams. They're like third or fourth among those teams. So this this wasn't a team that was going to be saved. And so when you make a move like that. You're trying to speed things up. You're trying to push push something that maybe isn't there. And that's where mistakes get made. As I think has been made abundantly clear, this is a very important season for the Orlando Magic. This is a make-or-break season for Rob Hennigan. This is a do-or-die season for a lot of players on the team. And if it doesn't work out, the future is a lot. Hennigan did a good job keeping financial flexibility, and there's still some young talent on the roster, but he also made it difficult for the next guy to figure out what to do next. How do I bring in that star to bring some certainty to making the playoffs? Or do you just go back to the, to the lottery and start over again? Let's hope we never have to answer that question. So, to me, the Magic rebuild is completely over. This is this this season's about winning, and so you want to see Aaron Gordon improve. You want to see Mario Azonia improve. You want to see Alfred Payton improve. But if they can't cut it, they're going to be parked on the bench, and they're not coming off it until they can prove they they can contribute something to the team. And so that'll bring bring me to to the next segment then. A big question as well as one that that plays into all that is Alfred Payton's biggest thing that he needs to improve on. If you go to OrlandoMagicDaily.com this morning, uh, you'll see an article by Zach Palmer um, talking about Alfred Payton's defense is critical to his offseason, to the Magic's offseason. As Zach notes, Payton went from First team all rookie, looking like a tr- looking like the point guard of the future, to someone who was kind of in the doghouse, who kind of was given an ultimatum of it's him or me from Scott Skiles by by all accounts, and the Magic pick Peyton. So how do the Ma- how does Peyton respond to that? Well, everyone kind of, everyone's kind of said with Peyton, the big thing he needs to do is improve his shooting. He's got to improve his shooting. And, and yeah, Peyton is not a good shooter and needs to improve his shooting dramatically. It's that, that's, that's no secret. That, that's something everyone knows he needs to do. But as Zach argues, 
that's not the biggest thing he has to do. No, the shooting is going to come. Like, like Peyton, I think, proved his rookie year that he can be successful without being a good shooter. And especially now that Oladipo's not around to, to kind of pack the paint and clutter the floor, if the Magic can spread the floor a little bit, Peyton's going to have room. Dejan Rondo's been successful without a jump shot. It's, it can be done. No, what, what Peyton has to really improve on and get back to is his defense. Because his defense, by all metrics, fell off completely under Scott Skiles last year. And it was for a number of reasons. But the numbers first, Peyton's win shares dropped last year from 2.3 to 1.7. And his defensive box plus minus, according to basketballreference.com, dipped from 0.8. So he was... 0.8 points per possession better than the average player to minus 0.5 points per 100 possessions worse than the average player. So essentially last year, Peyton went from a plus defender to a negative defender. And it was easy to see. It was easy to see because Peyton was getting was having trouble getting around screens. He was getting beat off the dribble and putting, Vucevic, putting Nikola Vucevic on an island. Um, he was... Uh, getting blown by a lot. He was closing. Out, he was in closing out effectively. Uh, Peyton just struggled on all parts of the defense last year. And if you're looking for a reason why the Magic struggled so much in January and February, it's it's because either Peyton wasn't healthy enough to play defense. And our suspicion is, at least my suspicion is, that Peyton was more hurt than he was letting on. But that's still not an excuse. You're out there. You got to be able to play. And Peyton is still growing in a lot of ways. But as we've, as I've said, this is a make or break year for Alfred Peyton. He's got to prove that he could be a starting point guard in this league this season. And a big way he can do that is reestablishing himself on the defensive end, making himself look like an all defensive player. Scott Skiles was a defensive coach, so. Can Frank Vogel get that out of him in a way Scott Skiles couldn't? That's a big, big question for this year. And the Magic have some point guard depth. So, you know, if DJ Augustine needs to make a start, he needs to, he needs to start. It, it, it's not ideal, but it can work. Alfred Payton, though, is such a better player than DJ Augustine in the long run. And the Magic need him to be that, that plus defender, that great defender, uh, that he was his rookie year. And if he can do that, that sets the table for the whole defense. You know, I've talked about what happens when Nikola Vucevic gets caught in a pick and roll. And I think some of his struggles last year, frankly, was trust with his teammates. He didn't trust the guy behind him to cover his man uh, when he stepped up to guard the, the point guard. And he didn't trust Alfred Payton to recover in time to let him get back to his man. So now the Magic, so if, if, you, if you're in the camp that believes Nikola Vucevic is, is a core part of this team and you can't trade him at all, now the Magic have Serge Ibaka or Bismack Biombo behind Vucevic to clean up his mistakes and have, and so Vucevic has that behind him. Now he needs the defense on the front end. He needs the guy to defend 
and stop the stop the ball a little bit, make it harder for the ball handler so Vucevic can recover, or the defense doesn't get thrown out of whack. Defenses get beat when they get stretched then. When a point guard's able to get into the lane and cause everyone to collapse, that's when defenses get beat. And at a certain point, it comes down to one-on-one matchups. And at that point guard position, which is so important in today's league, the Magic need Alfred Payton to play point guard at a much higher level. And so, for the Magic to be successful this season, it's got to start at the point guard position with Alfred Payton. And and like we've said all, all summer, this team's about defense now. So it's got to be on the defensive end first. And if the Magic can do that, it can be a very successful season. So we'll, we'll see what they do there. Uh, once again, everyone, thank you for listening to Locked on Magic. I, I really appreciate all the support uh, for the show. Uh, make sure you check us out on iTunes. Subscribe to us there. You can download us automatically to your iTunes-enabled listening device um, and do everything there. Be sure to leave us uh, a ranking. I know I've gotten, we've gotten a few five-star rankings. We're very, very appreciative of that. Um, so keep the love coming. Uh, you can also follow us on Audio Boom and Stitcher. Um, get us uh, there as well. Um, I'm sorry about my voice. My voice is just dead for some reason tonight. Um, probably the Orlando City game last night. It'll be better tomorrow. Uh, so be sure to follow me at Omagic Daily. Uh, and uh, I think I think that I think that's it. So thanks everyone again for listening to Lockdown Magic. We will see you tomorrow for another for another episode. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.